Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5000. Enjoy! Hi, this is Brian Ward. And Dr. Andrea Letamendi from the Arkham Sessions. And you are listening to... The GeekCast Radio Network. Thanks for tuning in to your remote control here on the GeekCast Radio Network. I'm your announcer, Optimus Solo. And on today's episode, join TFG1 Mike and the rest of the RC crew as they talk TV in the modern era. I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5000. Enjoy! That's right, for TV talk all the time, stop channel surfing and let us take over your remote control. Everything's okay, man. You're at Star Labs. Star Labs? Who are you? I'm Cisco Ramon. She's Caitlin, Dr. Snow. I need you to urinate in this. Not this second. Wait, what, is, what is happening? What is going on? You were struck by lightning, dude. Lightning gave me abs. Hello and welcome to Remote Control. This is episode 43, continuing on in our summer of superheroes here on Remote Control from the GeekCast Radio Network. I'm, of course, TFG and Mike. Joining me is my counterpart, trying to be DJV from Simplistic Reviews. Hello, sir. My name is DJ Valentine, and I'm the silliest podcaster alive. Hi, how you doing? Hi, 
How you doing? Um, yeah, for a second there, I was going to have to threaten you with sending Howard after you if you didn't get on this episode. And I don't mean the good Howard either. I mean the bad Howard. Always the bad Howard. Always the bad Howard. <laughs> oh, God. We are continuing on here, as I said. Uh, this week, we've got The Flash Season 1 and Arrow Season 3. Um Basically, Arrow season three is fuck Arrow. I'm Batman. Uh, it's it's essentially what it is. Uh, this is when there's blatant. This is when it was blatantly on Batman. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, originally, we were gonna do it the opposite way: uh, Arrow season three, Flash season one. And then I remembered Flash is on Tuesdays, mm. which means that whatever crossover they started doing once they premiered Flash in 2014. The first episode would be on a Tuesday because Arrow was on a Wednesday. In this last season, it was like Supergirl was on Monday, Flash was still on Tuesday, but Arrow was on Thursday. And I'm like, what the hell kind of stupid crap is that? <laughs> you got to make room for the 100 or whatever the hell show they have out on CW. No. <laughs> That's not in the DCEU. <laughs> I think, I think uh, Stupid Unnatural and... Um, <laughs> River fail. River fail. And uh, yeah. where, where's uh, where's uh, Jane the Virgin and the rest I think, of them? I think that's on Mondays before Supergirl, or at least it was at the first uh, point in time, but I don't know. So, Flash Season 1, um, right before I realized this whole crossover thing, I'm like, I was eight episodes, I got to the eighth episode of Season 3 of Arrow, which is the second half of the crossover. And I'm like, ooh, wait. I need to go back. So I basically stopped Arrow and I watched the first 17 out of 23 episodes of Flash immediately because <laughs> Flash is so much easier to watch than Arrow yeah. was in the beginning. I mean, I know Flash does get darker at times as we will be going along. However, that first season, oh my God, it was a breast of fresh air. It's very a creature of the week, but it's like fun creature of the week. It's like, okay... Uh, and, and it comes to the Flash. There have been two castings the DC EU DC Universe, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. that I was vehemently against. That I had to eat my head on because I was wrong. One is Gal Gadot. I'm legally obligated to always say I was wrong about Gal Gadot. The one bright light of the films, and the other on the TV side is Grant Gustin. Because going in, I've had many arguments with my friends when this before when they announced, you know. Grant Gustin's going to be Barry Allen. And I was like, uh, maybe and this probably was because he was on Glee because that's the only thing I, I think he had a, as a, as a major credit. And I'm not a huge, mm -hmm. you know, sing along TV show fan. But, uh, during the backdoor pilot episode on arrow, I, I still wasn't convinced, but this show, especially from the first episode, uh, and as it's gone on, Grant Gustin has proved me wrong over and over and over again. And, uh, and he's essentially the best live action Barry Allen, arguably some people, were pissed even more so about um uh well, well i remember when Justice league was, they were going to do the justice league thing and they were saying oh we're going to make the tv separate from the movies mm -hmm. and they were like well we want steven to milk green arrow but at least they could say well green arrow is not a part of the team flash is a part of the team yeah. and everybody wanted grant gustin to be that and at least if you're going to use ezra miller you could have used a different flash like a wally west mm -hmm. or whatever jay garrick whatever but everybody I, I, I don't know many who go Ezra over Grant. 
I don't oh, know. Man. Hell, I haven't even seen Justice League yet. I oh, I, wow. I, I have not. Even, I'm so far behind on on films. Like mm. I saw Infinity War before I saw. I haven't even seen Black Panther yet. I haven't seen whatever came before Infinity War. Those first like like Doctor Strange, Black Panther, and there was one other film that Doctor, came. Probably Thor Ragnarok. I'm assuming. Yep, that's it. Those three: <laughs> Doctor Strange, Thor Ragnarok, and Black Panther. I have not seen any of those, and I was still able to follow along with Avengers: Infinity War. Um, I have not uh, past the BS that was BVS. I have not seen any <laughs> DC films right. Wonder now. Woman's worth your time. Wonder Woman's I, worth your time. I, yes, I understand that, and I'm willing to go into that. And I do want to see all these things eventually. But like, <laughs> I'm more interested in DC TV than I am in the crappy movies that they have. Uh, I'm sorry. I'll say this right now. I do not care. I fully believe this. Batman and Robin had a better plot throughout the movie than the BS that was BVS. You're not you're not going to hear me argue. <laughs> you're looking for an argument. You're not going to get one from me. <laughs> we did a we did the ultimate cut commentary on Simplistic Reviews oh, on God. the BVS and it almost killed us, goddammit. <laughs> almost killed us. <laughs> Martha is the safe word. You don't want to go down that road, but no, I mean, I guess the larger point is that it's funny how Stephen Amell and Grant Gustin have essentially embodied these characters, one being a fringe character, one uh, now have two iterations of the same character, mm-hmm. better than the movies. It's this idea I would have never thought. And like I said, I was against Grant Gustin because I didn't know who the hell he I was like, Barry Allen? No, this so, isn't Barry Allen. I, don't, I, I just don't see it. And probably around the midway point of the pilot episode, even again, when he's uh, yelling at Harrison Wells and the team about the, uh, which I was like, that's that's very Barry Allen of him, where he's like, nobody listens to him, nobody's believing him. And he's like, you know what, I'll do it my damn self. F all this, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> screw all this, I'm out. <laughs> I was like, that's Barry Allen. He's not going to just sit by. He's going to do the right thing. And I mean, I think uh, Chris Evans kind of nailed that with Captain America, where you know he's going to do the right thing. He's very just. Absolutely. It may not. It may be against, you know, what people were keep pushing him to go this way. But throughout this series, Barry essentially does not have that uh, modus operandi. He's not he's a very, you know, unselfish. I'm going to do what's best to save everyone. I'm not going to give up to the person. And I like it. I, I think Grant Gustin nailed that. So you mentioned this and I, I I knew of this, but I didn't actually see any of it. You mentioned Grant comes from Glee. Like you, I was not a Gleek. The last time I heard the name Gleek was, you know, the Wonder Twins activate. Like, that's the last time I knew of what a hell a Gleek was. So, like, I I knew of Glee. I had zero interest because I'm not really that much into musicals, dot, dot, dot. I don't really care. Um, However... As these shows have gone along, and Barry has sung several times, he actually sings in the first uh, first season here, which I will play later in this podcast. Because um, Caitlin's just like, huh? Like, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She has, she has a shaggy, scooby moment. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, after, I think, the first or second season of Flash, and after I saw him sing on the show, I'm like, okay, well... You know, I don't really care about Glee. I don't care about the show, but I like his voice. I like the fact that, hey, it's the Flash singing. I went and I found the Smooth Criminal song from <laughs> Glee. 
Uh, oh, Michael Jackson? No. Yeah, yeah no, I'm te- dude, I'm telling you, they kill it. They they ima- they they j- Yes, I know it's a Michael Jackson song. Yes, I know no one should be touching the King of Pop. Sacrilege. The only Sacrilege. I just said, I said no one should be touching the King of Pop, but see here's the thing. The only other version of this song I've heard Alien Ant Farm. Exactly. That's the only other version. So I'm like, okay, but it's the Flash up against some chick, and they're doing this duet. And the coolest thing about this, the only reason why I will defend my enjoyment of this quote unquote song is because it turned me on to two musicians, two cellos, the cello guys. These are actually these guys are. Their band, the the band that they have, is called Two Cellos, and it's just them on cellos, and they do renditions of all kinds of music, and like just smooth criminal on the cello. That's all it is. <laughs> I will send you this video later, and you 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 will watch it because it's it's just the Flash. It's Quinta only Clockwork it's warns me, folks. Save me. No. <laughs> to hold my eyes lids open. I must watch the Grant Gustin Smooth Criminal. <laughs> it's not. It it it's very well done. Is all I'm mm. saying. Am I am, am I saying you have to watch every single thing ever from Glee? Oh no, no no. I I know no. I know no, 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 I know no, no, one no. thing. I'm in the minority when it comes to Glee because that show was on for how many years? Five years? Something Six years? Like that. So yeah, I just I just didn't I, again. I, 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 I not, from what I remember, yeah. it was just like a bunch of Abercrombie and Fitch, you know, kind of teeny boppers, and that's what I was worried about when it came to Arrow, where it was a CW version of a DC dark DC comic book character. Uh, I don't want to see Abercrombie, but they've 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 flipped my or subverted my expectations when it comes to that. And Barry, as you know, mom's apple pie as he is, he's not that. He's not Abercrombie and Fitch. He's just mm-hmm. a good guy. So I mean, I take, I give credit to Gustin when it comes to that. And I just finished watching the last season that just aired. I've been trying to catch up before the new season starts, and still, to the, and he's still great. He's not. He has not wavered. And and we've talked about it before. He he's great in these crossovers. He's great with all, even with these. I want to say gimmicky episodes like the in future seasons where they're doing the uh, musical episodes of uh, The Flash, which doesn't hold a candle to the Buffy musical episode, but it's still mm-hmm. all right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's still good. I mean, I, he's yeah. a he's a good anchor for that show. When you come ar- when you came into it, you didn't. I, I mean, I didn't think Emil was a good anchor for Arrow, and he was great. He's still he may be a great anchor for the network. And going in, I didn't think he Grant Gustin uh, was a great anchor for, for the Flash, and he anchors this show. Everybody revolves around him and their relationships with him. So, absolutely. Um, yeah, looking at, at Grant's filmography, I mean, it's essentially the DC TV universe. I mean, he did do, um, from 2010 to 2011, he did do West Side Story on Broadway. Right. Um, he was in, um, course, Maybe he'll there... be in the movie. I know Spielberg's trying to do it. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, God. I, I know if, <laughs> if he gets a Spielberg movie, that'll do it. But, you know, this TV schedule is a bear. Yeah. 23 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll say this right now before we get into more of the casting couch stuff. These 23 episodes were a hell of a lot faster than Arrow's 23 episodes. Well, because the, the Arrow seasons are usually less like the most, like, put upon. Arrow is the most put upon character. <laughs> where you just yeah. suffer. You just suffer like, oh, come on, Ollie. Damn it. 
But Flash is like, hey, we're going to go save the world. <laughs> so <laughs> like, all right, let's go. You know, it's, it, yeah. and he's got like a team. And he had a team before Oliver had a team. Oliver went through a whole bunch of episodes. It was just him. And yeah. then Diggle kind of came on, and then Felicity came on, and then it was a training for a while. Flash from the word go has four people who know his identity. Five, if you count, wait, like six? <laughs> How many people know yeah. his identity the first episode? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, Grant Gustin. The only other thing that he, he's been in, he was on uh, something for like eight episodes. I forget what it is because I just closed the tab. But he was also on an episode of CSI Miami kind of thing. Well, um, so Everybody was on that show. Everybody. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> uh, uh, Candace Patton, who plays Iris West Allen, um, she is a soap opera diva. Really? Uh, 2011 for film. She was in the Craigslist Killer as Kate for the TV movie The Craigslist Killer. Uh, Young and the Restless, Bold and the Beautiful, like Days of Our Lives, One Tree Hill. One Tree Hill, of course. Yeah. How, how do you feel about her as Iris? I like her as Iris. I'm normally okay. How do, so I, say... I, I, how do, I, how do I, I say this properly without offending my co-host and without offending the rest of the world? You're used, you're used to the the white I'm... Iris, essentially. What you're saying? I'm used to the character being Caucasian. Mm-hmm. However, as long as whatever person fills that like i don't i can't see iris as anything else now after watching candace like right 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 she right. is i she is iris i i, I figured that even out the movies from, like, even the, though they cut out her role the yeah. iris west on the movies was also i think it was played by the girl from um uh neighbors Two. i forget her name she's really she's really good uh another but another african-american actress but yeah yeah it, it's just, essentially they robert downey jr that character where now you can't see anything but <laughs> yeah. the way they performed yeah um yeah she had yeah so like you know on an episode of gray's anatomy uh also csi miami not the same episode as grant which is kind of crazy um she was on Man Up for three episodes. I don't know why. Did anyone even watch that show? Man Up. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was in 2011. Uh, 2012, she was on an episode of Rizzolian Isles, which is one of my favorite shows because it's Boston Cops and that kind of thing. And Angie Harmon, I don't care how old she gets, as long as she keeps her voice in pristine condition, she will Angie always Harmon. be hot to me. Yes. The Whisperer. That's right. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, Daniel Pennebaker, uh, Killer Frost, or the future Killer Frost. Caitlin Snow. Mm-hmm. You know what her debut was? And I did not realize this until just now, and I now mm. remember it. Her debut was as Layla Williams in Sky High from 2005. Oh, my God. <laughs> I... I... But... To her credit, she's now like behind the cameras now. She's like the yeah. first female director of a CW, and it just happened recently. That or I think it was either just announced. I saw it somewhere. It was an article that came up on my Twitter feed that she's now either directing episodes of the of the Flash, mm-hmm. and so she's she's a badass. So I mean, and and it comes to the characters on the show. We're going back to Iris a little, a little bit. I think she's kind of fallen into the. Um, Laurel territory where I think every character kind of has a niche mm-hmm. and with Iris for the seasons from this season to the next season, they're always trying to figure out what to do with her. 
yeah. where everybody else kind of like you know where Caitlyn's going. I know where she's going. Cisco, I know where he's going. Wells, you definitely know where he's going. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Iris, you never kind of knew. It was like today she's going to be working at a you know coffee shop. Oh, now she's a journalist. Oh, now she's a cop ish, and now she's leading the team. This is like okay, she they were trying to figure out what to do with her. But I mean. As terms as actress goes, I think she's good. And, and the girl that plays uh, Penny Baker, was it Danielle Penny Baker? Yeah, Danielle Penny Baker. On she's, yeah, she started off kind of like they wanted to make her the the Raven, uh, you know, stoic, yeah. you know, Aspergers, not 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 knowing how to do social interactions. But they've warmed her up, ironically, warmed her up as the series has gone on, <laughs> even with this Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde thing they're doing as of late. With uh, Killer Forest. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I know this is one of your favorite shows, and I don't know if you remember or not. Um, Mm -hmm. She had a recurring role for six episodes on Justified in 2014. I don't remember where the hell she. What was her character's name? Penny Cole. I think she might have been what. I think she might have been working with the. uh, She might have been an informant. I think. I, I vaguely. Vaguely remember, I gotta go back and watch Justified. That, folks, Justified's a really good show. <laughs> Side notes, footnotes, Justified, awesome show. But yeah, yeah, I gotta go watch. I think she might have been one of the uh, Raylan always could find like informants to give him information, and I think she might have been one of them, one of them uh, reoccurring ones that had to be put in witness protection because he, she talked. But you know, great actress, good actress. Mm-hmm. Um, Carlos Valdez, um, DC TV is his only. Like that's much it. older than looks, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I saw him with a like it was between I guess seasons, mm-hmm. and he had like a full beard. I'm like, what the? He's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, wait a minute, how old are you, man? I thought it was a fake beard. That's how I was like, wait, 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 how old is he? <laughs> but you know, he uh, another one. I did not like him, and probably by the third episode, I was like, oh, this guy's awesome. <laughs> this guy's yeah, the, I... the heart of the show essentially. I kind of got annoyed with him at first, but after a while, I I very much enjoy uh, Cisco at yep. this point. Um, all right, so we get into Doctor Wells, or at least who plays Doctor Wells, Tom Cavanaugh. Tommy, <laughs> and this guy has been in a lot of stuff. Yes. Um, Scrubs. <sighs> Scrubs, yeah. On my head, uh, it, it was, it, what's the name of that show? Is it pushing? Not pushing days, is it? Is it? I no, that's a different so. guy. Was it pushing uh, days? I can't uh, remember. Ooh, he was in Viper for one episode in 1998. Viper. <laughs> hey, shut up. Ed. Shut it was the name up. of the show. Not to, I get pushing days yeah. and Ed mixed up for some reason. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Um. He was in Sports Night. He was in. Uh... Oh wow. He was Ranger Smith in the 2010 Yogi yes. Bear. Yes, I he was. Why that. do I remember that? I remember I... every sad bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> he was... That happened, folks. That happened. Mm-hmm. He was Will's father in Freddy vs. Jason in 2003. Wait, I don't remember him there. Ooh, wow, that's a good one. There you go. Um, like I said, Sports Night, Ed, uh, Bang Bang, You're Dead. <laughs> Great uh, title. Yep. The prequel to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, I'm assuming. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. He was in Eli Stone for seven episodes as a recurring role. Right. Um, he was in Roy, Royal Pains as a re- re- recurring role, Jack O'Malley. Um, mm-hmm. 
He was in one episode of Doc McStuffins on the Disney Channel, or Disney <laughs> Junior, or whatever it is. Here's the question. Has he done a CSI or an NCIS? Um, does That's not the real question. look like it. No. Ooh, wow. Nope, he, he has not. Fix that. Making sure. Yep, nope. Has not. I do not see any of those credits here. Unbelievable. The one man that's escaped. <laughs> the one man. <laughs> so, I I kind of have watched Robot Chicken off and on. I'm not, like, the biggest fan of it. Mm. But in 2015, he voiced uh, Eobard Thon in the episode Ants on a Hamburger. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't. Whatever. And then, obviously, Harrison Wells, Eobard Thon in you know flash arrow legends and supergirl um let's see who else uh there have been a number of guest roles um villains for this season you got uh leonard snart and nick rory yes perfect Um, casting a show from two guys from a show i don't like but who (laughs) have amazing chemistry together yeah uh wentworth miller and uh Dominic... Dominic Purcell. Purcell, yes. I always... He, Dominic Purcell kind of got off on the wrong foot with me with Blade 3. That was the first time I had ever seen him, and I really don't like Blade 3. Neither does pretty much anybody who ever made that movie, so... <laughs> so, like, when I... Every time I see him, it's like, oh, God. Or at least until, you know, Legends came along, and we'll get into that soon. Later, uh, yeah. uh I was just like, oh, you're, you're Dracula. You're the Dracula they came up with. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> but no, See, uh, his his chemistry with Wentworth on uh, Prison Break, though I do not like that show, yeah. uh, is great. So casting them as like uh, partners in crime is awesome. That was like perfect, perfect uh, casting right there. Yeah, that is very much perfect casting. Um, I okay, I saw the first Blade movie. Oh my god, that movie is that movie <laughs> is. I don't even want to say it. It's. 20 years old yeah Oof. oh god i remember the, where i was when i saw that movie I was Tallahassee in... amc governor square mall i remember <laughs> where i was from every ounce of that <laughs> so i liked the first blade film the second movie creep the second movie creeped me out all the hell and then when i want when i rewatched it later i'm like this is bad you don't like the second Blade? No. That's Guillermo del Toro, baby. That's, that's the one with the face ripper off. No. That's the Reavers or... Yeah, ripper? whatever they're called. I don't know. But, yeah, no. That was like... I think that was my favorite one. I mean, I think the first one has the better villain because Deacon yeah. Frost is awesome. Yeah. Steven Dorff, a shout out. Uh, Blade 2, I think, because it was before the, the age of comic books that we're living in right now, comic movies... Like every frame of that movie looks like a comic book frame. Like, and Wesley Snipes, to his credit, I think Guillermo might have said this. He just knows how to pose like a comic book frame. Like every, if you rewatch that movie, everything that Wesley does in that sh- that movie, he's like posing. He's posing. Mm-hmm. He's posing like he's like a freeze frame in a comic book. But I, I don't know. I like the look of it. I, I think the villain was a little weak, but that's probably about as bad as I. I mean, Ron Perlman was great in there. Mm-hmm. Chris Christopherson, you got you got the young uh, what's his name from Walking Dead is up in there. Uh, I don't uh, know. his name? I forget his name. Crossbow I guy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. They're all zombies to me. Um, <laughs> no zombies' lives matter. Daryl, Daryl, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Daryl. There you go, Daryl. Rain froze. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, I don't know. I. Huh. Anyway, uh, so the episodes. Uh, you you had said earlier that you were kind of skeptical going into this, but very skeptical. You, yeah. Yeah. You 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 came around though. Um, I think after rewatching this season, this first season again, the only thing I'll say is like kind of I'll piggyback what you said earlier. It is once we get to like episode five, it kind of is villain of the week for a while. Right. Um, you know, hitting power outage and um, that kind of stuff. Power outage and plastique, which were the fifth and seventh episodes. Um, you know, five, six, and seven were all villain of the week. Uh, by the time they hit eight, which was the first Air, uh, Air crossover, Air. the cross with Flash and Arrow, <laughs> that was fine. Manly Yellow Suit is fine. Um, Revenge of the Rogues, I loved. Um, Sound and Fury, it sets up more story and it introduces Hartley, but it technically could be villain of the week as well. Right. Um. <laughs> episode 12 of season one is crazy for you and this is the one where you almost think even though it, you know it's not going to happen you almost think barry and caitlin are going to be a thing yeah because they have this whole storyline in this episode of they were setting it up from the first episode though yeah when she's putting the things on him and he's kind of kind of flirt like you don't smile a lot it's like oh now that i go back and mm-hmm. watch it it's kind of like, oh, I can see where they were trying to do here. Yeah. But nah. No. <laughs> Just, they, they don't have that. They have a brother-sister thing going on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I love that it led to this episode. Because, as I said before, Barry's version of Smooth Criminal is amazing. <laughs> and you'll hear that right here. So yeah, crazy for you, kind of like the halfway point a little bit, because after that we get into 13 and 14, which is the Nuclear Man and Fallout, which is basically them figuring out that the Burning Man is uh, Ronnie, Ronnie is alive, Um, Hartley had showed Sisko that, hey, they're not dead kind of a thing in in the episode before, episode 11, Mm -hmm. Um, and then... So what are you thinking, like, up to the, you know, uh, Nuclear Man and the Fallout? Like, that, like the first 14 episodes, what are your thoughts overall? Do you have any favorite moments? Uh, I know there's a lot of really cool moments in the first 14 episodes, but... Yeah, I, I was, I, again, I was just very pleasantly surprised that it was moving at, like you're, you were saying earlier, that it goes at such a easy-to-go clip. Mm-hmm. And... The fact that they were really again, I, and I like how they were, and they, were, they started doing a little bit of this with Arrow, and they were doing it very sneakily, expanding this universe. Mm-hmm. I love how Flash was just like, "Nah, man, we're gonna really expand it." Here's Grodd, <laughs> just yep. in the back, just in the background. We're gonna throw it at you. We're gonna, th- you know, we're gonna make mention of metahumans. We're gonna say all this, stuff, you know, and you know, I'm a sucker for you know them do little drops like that. But uh, mm-hmm. again. When it came to the characters, and I think we kind of skipped over one of the main the characters I, I think really made this show hit for me, mm-hmm. it's Jesse L. Martin. Oh, Je- yes. Yeah, Jesse L. Martin, a vet of the show I love, Law and Order, in the criminal <sighs> justice system. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> Law and Order, has uh, such great chemistry with Gustin, yeah. and their relationship is a lot of what made this show work for me, especially 
as this has they've kind of got away with it in the last couple seasons but the first season especially I believe them. I believe their father-son love. And it doesn't yeah. seem like a put-on. It appears that they have a history. And that's, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, that could just be because Jesse L. Martin's a freaking badass and such a talented son of a bitch. But the chemistry works both ways. So every time they have, like, father-son moments. And John Wesley Shipp as, as well. Oh, awesome. yeah. Awesome fathers. I mean, the fact that he has two great actors. John Wesley Shipp is great. And Jesse L. Martin is unsung. To work off, and they both have good chemistry with Grant Gustin, and I think that's what really hit home for me. Was like, you know what? I like these people. <laughs> I can the, it, the, the 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 monster of the week stuff as we're getting us through the eight episodes or whatnot in the Arrow Flash. It's fine, but when they're sitting around and it's just Jesse L. and he's given a heart to heart because heart to heart moments in TV shows could suck. They yeah. can be so cliche. And so sometimes they are, and sometimes the dialogue is they're purposefully like saying exposition because they have to recap people who haven't seen the show. But for some reason, Jesse L and Grant can sell it. I can, I can buy it. I can buy. It. Oh, this is what you know fathers do say. I can hear the, this conversation because Jesse L Martin is a vet. He mm-hmm. knows what the hell's going on. And I think, I mean, they've kind of downplayed him. Uh, in the, it might be because of his doing because the man is a Broadway phenom. So uh, yeah. <laughs> he might not be able to do the show as uh, as frequently as he, he did before, but when he's on, with it, the man has chemistry with everybody. But with his chemistry with Grant, I think makes the show go for season one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I completely agree. Uh, this show debuted. I'm only bringing this up because I wanted to make a joke, but I'm not going to. This show debuted ten years after Lenny's death. Oh. Jerry Orb, I was like when when Flash was first announced, when the first episode appeared on the CW, I'm like, hey, that's Ed Green. When's mm. when's Lenny Briscoe gonna come in? And I'm like, <laughs> oh wait, whoops, uh-uh. oh no. But hey, like, not- yeah, just like you, like I watched, you know, the the Lenny and 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 Ed show on on Law and Order. All the Lenny and Ed like, show, what the the best combo of caps? <laughs> they, well, they, okay, if you watch Law and Order, the main show from the beginning, mm-hmm. it's not them, right? They they have a rotating. Oh no, yeah, set yeah. They, of the, they, it was the Joe only... uh, Joe. Uh, what's his name? Um, from Goodfellas was on there once, wasn't he? Uh, Joe Pesci. No, 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 no. Um, Servino, oh. Paul Servino. Sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry. Was, yeah, was Paul, he one yeah. of them? Yep, Paul Servino. Um, the only person I think that those first few years, and I'd have to go back and look, and I'm not doing that right now. I think mm. the only person in the first few years of Law and Order's run, uh, the only person that did not change was S. Apathia Merkerson as as the captain. Right, right, right. Because she was she was just always there. The cops always rotated in and out. Yada 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 yada. Um, so. But yeah, as soon as I saw, I'm like, "Hey, it's Ed Green. That's awesome." And, and it, gets... it, it shows in these episodes because he's a—I mean, that guy's a good actor, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> so there's and... scenes where he's in with—it's him and let's, let's say it's him and Tom Cavanaugh having at, at odds at it, and mm-hmm. they're both vets. So you're just like, "Okay, this is higher brow than you know." the universe they're inhabiting kind of dictates it's like it's like dropping daniel day lewis in like a teletubbies episode it's like whoa what's, <laughs> what's going on here this is kind of bad. this act is almost too good for this show where a guy named the rainbow raiders running around so it's kind of like you know i always take a step back from like when i when i see 
Jesse L show up or Jesse L do a scene with somebody and he or another guest that we almost forgot is uh what's his name um Jack Bristow who plays uh, Professor oh, Stein yeah. who's Professor Stein awesome. that, that would Victor, be Victor Garber always awesome Garber who again yep. great actor Broadway phenom badass so when there's scenes with those guys it's like oh, if 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 Jesse L's talking to Victor Garber or Victor Garber's talking to Tom Cavanaugh you got you got some good acting going on here, really good. I mean, and to Arrow's credit, you had some. I mean, a lot of it falls on a Mel, mm-hmm. but here you had like Grant surrounded by really strong vets. I mean, I think you had Blackthorn on Arrow. I think that was the the biggest vet you got, and maybe um, Merlin. Uh, but yeah. here you got everywhere Grant turns, you're gonna get you get you have a foundation of really strong, solid actors. John Wesley Ship is like. The fourth. <laughs> yeah, well, he's the original Flash. The original from, Flash, right. You know, I mean, that's just the way it is. And once, uh, I, I think it's season two or season three of The Flash. I forget how long it took them to have, have him do this. As soon as Joe starts, like, they do this alternate reality thing or whatever, and as soon as he starts singing, oh my god. That was on Rent. It was in Rent, for Christ's sake. Guy's badass. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Love that guy. Um, so we get rogue time, we get tricksters, and hey, look, the original trickster is back. Luke Skywalker is the original trickster. Mark Hamill. (laughs) Mark Hamill. If you ever had, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of The Last Jedi, but if if that, the only thing I will say is I think it reminded people that Mark Hamill's a badass. He can fucking act uh, rings around people. The guy's been doing it for years as the Joker, but... The fact that it's very easy, it would have been very easy for Mark to be doing Trickster as the Joker, and he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, there's, a, there's a very good delineation between the two. And it would have been very easy if he was a lazy, if he was lazy at this point, but he's not. Mark Hamill gets it. I think he gets his universe, and, you know, hey, I, I get to go back and play this character I played on this kind of fledgling goof of a show years ago that, you know, got a cult following. Sure, but I'm not going to make it the Joker. Because I, 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 that's what I was worried about when it was when he was coming back to do it. I was like, he's gonna sound like the Joker. He's gonna sound like Joker. It, 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 they might be like octaves that are similar, but he plays them way different, which I thought was great. I hear Joker. I hear a dark version of Luke. Very dark version of Luke, there. definitely. I mean, like <laughs> definitely, like, like, but still, it's still Mark Hamill as the like when he starts doing the. Um, you know his his laugh, the yeah. trickster laugh. Like trickster that's when I hear. Laugh. <laughs> yeah, the trickster laugh is very different than the Joker laugh. So that's when I hear the actual trickster character from the old show. But the rest of the time, I'm like, this is just an evil Luke Skywalker mixed in with an evil Joker. And they he's... even make a joke about that in one of these yep. episodes he shows up on. So yeah, absolutely. I just yeah, as we've been going through this, absolutely love that. Um, uh, you know, we have episode 18, All-Star Team-Up, which is, this is kind of the, it, it has been debuting on Arrow, I guess, at this point, maybe, but, you know, the Atom, and I'm gonna say this right now, mm. up until Brandon Routh was cast as Ray Palmer. Didn't like him, did you? That was the single actor in the DC whatever entertainment stuff 
absolutely loathed the guy. Didn't like him, right? And he wins you over, doesn't he? It's more of an Arrow season three uh, conversation, but no, I'm, yeah, with, I'm yeah, right yeah. there with you. Like, yeah, even like, even even I think what what came out this came out before Scott Pilgrim or Scott Pilgrim came out first. I don't know. I can't remember because he's in I there too remember. for a little bit. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, his Ray Palmer is. I mean, the all shucksness of the guys is it's, yep. it's entertaining to me. I don't know what it is. <laughs> the Ray Palmer stuff is what should have been written for Superman Returns. The all the, the all shucks Clark Kent kind of right, stuff, right, right. like all oh, shucks it's... Miss Lane. I I you know kind of like don't get me wrong. Thank God we did not get Nicolas Cage as Superman, even though we are getting him as <laughs> Superman at one point here. Well, soon. we have him. We have him right now on Teen Titans Go the movie. Oh God, that's right. <laughs> <sighs> um, but yeah, no, I could not stand Brandon Ralph. They. No, I, I could not stand the guy. But here, as Adam, as Ray Palmer in Arrow, here in Flash, um, absolutely love the guy. Once he eventually switches over to Legends, still love the guy. Gets better. He gets it, better on so Legends. Much, better and better and better. So much. His relationship with Mick is awesome. Yeah, it is. Haircut. Hey, haircut. That, that stuff yeah. is great. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Um,. What was I going to say about him? The uh, oh, uh, since I uh, switch gears a little bit because we forgot to mention this. Um, throughout this whole season of Flash, the first season and then Arrow season three, they kind of tease up a little bit of Barry and Felicity. Right? Will they? Won't they? Kind of stuff, and they have this nice little moment and things like that and whatever. And again, the, the, another the one of those. What's wrong work. with us? You know? Yeah. Whereas, whereas Caitlin and, and Barry is more of what's wrong with us? Why are we, you know, not putting ourselves out there? Mm. Barry and Felicity is like, we're both pining after people we can't have. Maybe we should get together. Oh, wait, no, that's not, you know, no. a good they're, idea. They're the okay. same person. They can't. They, they're too <laughs> similar. They're like dating themselves. It's like, mm, no. They need kind of an I think the way they work is is fine. I, I, even then, even when I I think they kind of handed it when he first showed up on Arrow mm -hmm. season two, it was kind of like mm, it. You can see when it clicks. It's like eh, I don't feel it. Yeah. I, I never I never I, felt it between those two. Everyone's you know everyone always talks about shipping Oliver and and Felicity, Alicity or whatever the hell the ship. I don't even care. I hate ship. I hate that there are ship names for stuff i just cannot stand it <laughs> um but barry and felicity if he didn't already have a predestination for iris kind of a thing like i even though they are so similar like you said they would be almost like dating yourself i do like them in scenes that they are in together when they you know are concerned for each other when they're having a joke with each other and doing all that kind of stuff i i do very much like them I believe that they could be a couple more than I believe her and Oliver could be a couple. Really? At, at least at this point in the universe. Later mm. down the line, not so much, but <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then we get who is Harrison Wells, um, which the, they introduce Hannibal Bates here. Hmm. I wonder if that's his real name. Hannibal Bates. <laughs> Yeah. I, rem I remember. I yeah. remember. Uh, um, what the heck is the name of that movie? I think when I first saw him, 
He, uh, the, the character debuted, every man slash animal base debuted in 52 number 17, August 30th, 2006. So it isn't just them making a joke at, you know, Psycho. So, it is a, like, I don't know, that's the first thing I thought of was like, you know, between Psycho and, um, and, uh, Silence of the Lambs was the first thing I thought of. So, mm. I don't know. Um... How do you feel about, like you mentioned it earlier, that Grodd's kind of in the background here for a lot of the season. Um, do you feel like a lot of the Flash stuff that we already knew before go- going into this, like if anyone had watched Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, do you feel like all the Flash stuff is here that we do know, like Grodd, like this, like that, kind of I, a thing? I, I, again, they, they, they're... These guys in the TV show, I think, are very good at setting stuff up. Um, sometimes they're not great on the follow-through, but they're very good at setting stuff up. So what, what, the fact that they gave me the mention of Grodd, because Grodd is a, like a major Flash villain. I mean, he, he, Captain Cold, Grodd, Mirror Master, uh, those are the ones that I, when I think of Flash rogues gallery... Those are the ones I always go to. And Grodd is always like right there. If you ever watch Justice League, like you're talking about Justice League Unlimited, Grodd is a huge character. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was like, I think he took over from Lex at one point. He's a yep. badass. So, and I think they've they've always wanted to do it. And I know they, if they had their druthers, they would do a lot more of Grodd, especially with the whole. Uh, and I think Andy Serkis kind of helped this out with the old, the uh, anapomorphic monkey things mm-hmm. going on. But it's probably very, very effing expensive to use Grodd. And Killer Shark, speaking of other characters. It's yeah, very keep... expensive to do those characters. Though, there's when your character, one of your main characters, is so expensive to do. But every time he showed up, I think if you temper him, you save the budget. Okay, look, we're gonna mo- we have Grodd this season. We're going to put most of our money into Grodd for this mm-hmm. one episode, and that's it. Don't you have to have Grodd as an old... Like, every episode because you can't that's like a hundred million dollar picture but or whatever but i've always liked them i think they've used them properly on this show throughout all the seasons i think they've used them as properly i think that was the last one they had uh what the hell was the name of grod grod island uh, it was I forget yeah it was yeah it was Kingdom grod of Prod or something like that something like that yeah i don't remember off top but of it, my head. I, thought, I thought it was really good i think the way they used grod is great Grodd makes America great again. <laughs> it can't be much worse. <laughs> well, we already controlling our brains. <laughs> it can't be much worse. Mm. Um, so as these final episodes are, are winding down, you know, who is Harrison Wells, the trap, mm. uh, Grodd lives. The, you're, you're basically getting the whole plan of what, what Eobard is doing. Um, at first, throughout this entire season, I didn't care whether Eddie lived or died. Yep. I think at on first, I think at I first, you that was on purpose. I, I did not care because Eddie, in the beginning, Eddie, like, he's so inconsequential up until, like, the last five episodes. Right. And the way that he is portrayed, not this is not the actor's fault, but the way that the actor is portraying the character from whatever's written, I don't know if he ad-libbed any of this stuff, 
the big giant smile every time Barry comes around, or the hey or the, Barry, like oh god, oh, oh god, hey Barry, how oh, you doing, Barry? No, no, no. I know oh, you can god. keep secrets, Barry. Oh, <laughs> he has that voice. I, I did not have any any faith in Eddie until they revealed to him that Barry. Until I, they I, started working together, that like so late in the season, like I said. Last five or six episodes, right? I did not care about Eddie until the last five or six when they revealed, like, them, like when he's like, "Oh, well, how how are you going to take care of?" Because there, there's one point where they they have to get like a multiple car chase thing or multiple incidents are happening, and Flash is working with Joe and Eddie, and Eddie like asks it asks him in a flash, like, "How are you going to do?" Oh. That's how you're going to do it. Whoops. Okay. Like, because Flash just zooms cars around and puts Joe in another car and <laughs> right, right, right. All, the, all this stuff and everything else. So, like, like up until they started working together to, to, to make the city safe again or more safe or whatever you want to call it, I had zero I don't, anything I don't, for Eddie Thon. I don't want to go Machiavellian here, but I think <laughs> the fact that they, they – the fact that the ending sequence, even though it's – plainly it should have been plainly obvious what was going to happen mm-hmm. uh the fact that he's so inconsequential as you're saying and we don't like him and he's mm-hmm. kind of kind of like the other guy every teen year you know romantic chick flick you know the guy who you don't like because he's in the way of the hero getting the girl kind of person i i think they did that on purpose because when he spoiler alert pulls the trigger you're like oh Oh, like you know, you give you that moment. If you kind of made him a good guy, it might have been a different kind. It might have still worked. It might. I think it would have been different because when he pulls that trick, it, it makes it more tragic. Where he does the first yeah. thing you really like, but it the first thing he really likes is him killing himself. Well, <laughs> so it's like, damn it, we can't even enjoy the fact that he's become somebody now we really, really like because he's dead. Because as, as the show is going on, you don't really like him. He doesn't really do anything that you're like, oh, yeah, go edit. You don't give a shit. You don't care. Yeah. So when that moment happens, one, it comes out of nowhere. because you, And it shouldn't have come out of nowhere. His name is Thawne. The bad guy's name is Thawn. They even bring up, is this Thawne? You should know that the easiest yeah. way is to fucking kill Eddie Thawne. <laughs> but it, 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 you don't really care because you don't like Eddie. You don't give a shit about like him. Like I said, I I gave a shit about him before the shot because, like I, I said, once, <laughs> once, well, once he once they start working together, once mm. once he's actually in on it, I don't like his whole thing after that where he's like, well, you got to tell Iris. If you don't tell Iris, I'm going to tell Iris. You know that that whole thing. I didn't like that. But mm. when they're out catching the bad guys and that kind of thing, I liked him there. I love the the little little speech and. Technically, his death is all Martin Stein's fault. <laughs> Jack Bristow killed Eddie Thawne. Well, it's Jack Bristow. Uh, he doesn't give a shit about anybody. I know, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, he you know shoots himself, and thus you know Back to the no Future is Eobard. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, um, I I love like. Season one, episode twenty-three, fast enough. The season finale is by far one of, if not the best ever, superhero television show season finales. Pretty good. It's 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 it, it's right. I think Arrow season two season finale is like my favorite of all of them, but this one's right there. 
Because it was the whole show, your whole episode, I'm kind of I'm like, how the fuck are they going to get out of this situation? <laughs> <laughs> What's going to yeah. happen? <laughs> yep. And I actually, it, it's so funny, I actually had to watch the season one finale twice. Really? Because I was so tired last night, I started <laughs> watching it, next thing I know... It's like 5 a.m. and something else is on my net. Like, oh no, it wasn't something else on my Netflix on my phone. I was like 5 a.m. and I was like season two, episode four. I'm like, wait, what? What happened? Hold, <laughs> wait a minute here. I know I didn't watch the last four episodes. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I season one of the Flash. It's superb. It really is. That there's not a lot here that I dislike other than Eddie up until he has his. You know, it's come to come to God moment with a gun, <laughs> <laughs> essentially. It's come to Grod moment. Yeah, uh, there you go. I'm gonna blame episode 22 of the Flash, and this this has pissed me off oh, okay. till this day. And it's probably it's probably has nothing to do with the Flash people, the directors, Greg Blanty. I blame CW because oh. CW's marketing department essentially spoils the season finale. Of season three of Arrow in their goddamn commercial for the <laughs> because it shows Oliver Queen, who at the time we don't know if he's all right, completely like under the spell of Ra's al Ghul, right, helping yeah. Barry out. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I guess he's not under the spell of Ra's al Ghul anymore. Why yeah. would you show that in a fucking commercial? <laughs> it doesn't make it, and it to this day. Well, the, it the episode itself, like, I, because I had not, like, I was not going to stop watching Flash at at episode 22 just to catch up Arrow to see where Oliver is. Like, I forgot about it, too. Like, I'm like, oh, right. Like, I knew he went to go get uh, Ronnie Stein, you know, right. Firestorm and, and Ollie. I knew he went to go get them. I forgot where Arrow was at the time because mm. I'm like, hey, he's the Dark Archer. What the hell? What's going on here? He's got black arrows. You're not well, the to... whole thing. So when it comes up, I'm like, well, this is kind of uh, <laughs> anticlimactic. I know he's going to turn. Because yeah. the way they left this, the episode before, what, 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 yeah, yeah. It, 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 to this day, it bothers me. I'm like, who decided on that? Who said, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> F it. <They'll... laughs> it's like, God, you just essentially spoil the entire storyline. And that's just probably one of, the, one of the faults of season three of Arrow. <laughs> yeah. I blame Arrow. Mm. I, yeah, I, I fully blame Arrow. Uh, anything else you want to bring up about season one of The Flash? Uh, Tom Cavanaugh's good. We've talked about him. I'm glad they flirted with, they only flirted with the, the Sherlock uh, pop text when Barry does the CSI thing. Because mm-hmm. every time I see that in other shows, especially with the, the beginning of this one and near the earlier stages of this episode, I'm like, why are you ripping off Sherlock? Don't rip mm-hmm. off Sherlock, man. Get out of here. <laughs> You're not Sherlock Holmes. Get out of here. You're a regular guy. <laughs> You're just a yep. regular guy. Even without your your lightning didn't make you Sherlock Holmes. Get out of here. So yeah, I, I, I'm glad they didn't make it like, you know, crime of the week. I, 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 I they, they really pulled back on this CSI stuff. Uh, and I thought they were gonna make it like a motif as I was going. I was like, oh no! I think they did it. For, they did it for the first three episodes or every the first three times he does a CSI thing. And I'm like, no nah, man, you're a superhero. Do the other thing. But no, uh, every everything else. Uh, Grant Gustin again proved me wrong. Jesse, him and Jesse O. Martin, great. The guest stars are great. There's a guy who plays uh, Kyle Nimbus. Uh, mm-hmm. He also plays Victor Zaz on Gotham. 
He's ironically, I guess, or coincidentally, on a show called Barry on HBO, and he's freaking amazing. <laughs> Uh, with the, the Bill Hader, he's awesome. But yeah, a lot of the guest stars on this show, and this show has a litany of amazing, not amazing guest stars. Like what? Goldberg, Edge, <laughs> it's like crazy guest stars on this show. Yeah, uh, it, it's always been entertaining. And this show is essentially, if you get away from the dourness that is Arrow, which it works for, you kind of want to have the other side of the coin where it's upbeat and it happy. And when it when it starts getting dark, Savitar. Uh, it kind of doesn't work that well. <laughs> See, I thought it did because you mm. have like up until the actual I watch Arrow reveal, if I want that. I don't want to watch it in Barry, man. But, you can give me stakes without being depressing, as season one proved. You had stakes, and I wasn't depressed at all in the whole season, and it had mad, it had crazy stakes. Right, but the trajectory that the show takes up until you get to Savitar. Like, it was going darker, 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 and now it's leaning more towards light again, season four. See, see the the issue with the first three seasons of The Flash is that season one, Speedster. Season two, Speedster. Season three, Speedster. Four fixed it. I think four got right back on track. Right, right, exactly, because four, no, like, I, I think at one point we see... Eobard's character at some point in some sort of timeline thing or whatever but season 4 was The Thinker season 4 was a completely different animal and it injected another character that brought new life to the show which (laughs) Digby elongated man that character I think now he's a series regular because for some reason every scene that guy is in I forget the actor's name it's like a breath of fresh air it's like oh wow i forgot flash is supposed to be the fun show the fun now i mean it's not as fun as legends of tomorrow but it's the like you know the super how do you want to do superman batman but he's the superman show yeah. uh flash is the flash is the superman show arrow is the batman show i don't mm-hmm. want the superman show feeling like the batman show and vice versa <laughs> but there are times when superman does have to go dark sure i for, mean that, you know that's just, fine that's not all the damn no it, it's not no it was one season come on right it was, one was, season. that's 23 it, episodes that's a long long but, time <laughs> but it's okay because flash is so much easier to watch than arrow <laughs> like even even when Flash is at his darkest hour, yeah, we don't yeah. necessarily need the Matrix of Leadership to light that just yet. <laughs> you know, I mean, don't be like Flash is like the first the first ten minutes of Transformers the movie, and Arrow's the last half. It's <laughs> dark and depressing. Everybody's dead. <laughs> Prime is on a table. <laughs> The job of Transformers and Unicron's intestines. It's this, this dark. <laughs> oh, God. That's what I, I, folks. Check it out. It's pretty good. <laughs> yes. Uh, September 27th in theaters for one night only. God. I, I, if, if it's down here, I'm going. It has to be. Has to anyway. Be. Um, all right. Season one of The Flash, zero to five. What are you going to rate it? I'll give it a four. Solid four. Um, I. I it, the creature of the week stuff kind of takes a little bit of it away for, but I mean, for a show that I had zero, I was just like, "This is not going to work." <laughs> I don't. Who the hell is Grant Gustin? I don't get this. And, it, it, and now it's like you know, the either they're kind of fighting between is it the best show on CW? Is it is it between the, is it between this and Arrow? Oh. It, it, it's amazing where it came from. So yeah. Um... This is sacrilege to Optimus, but I'm just going to say this right now since we're comparing the two. Mm. 
Optimus is Arrow, and Arrow can die, and Flash is Rodimus, and Rodimus Prime is the best Transformers leader ever. Oh, come on. Now you're just smoking dope. Are you crazy? Nope. Are you crazy? Nope, I'm not crazy. Um, All right, for me, I will also give Flash Season 1 a four and a half. No, it's not. (laughs) I've always been, like, yes, Optimus is the John Wayne, is the father figure, but... Optimus does a lot of stupid stuff in G one. Oh, does he get does, does he get does he get Rodimus killed? Oh no, that's the other guy, right? That's the other. We, don't get me in a Transformers uh, debate with you, okay? We, we're not gonna get started. <laughs> yes, we will. Um, <laughs> I'm also gonna give four and a half out of five uh, for the Flash season one. We're gonna take a quick break. Come back with uh, Arrow season three after this. We get a dark. <laughs> yeah, really. Where's Damien when you need him? <laughs> Who is Damian Wayne in this situation? Is it, oh, God. Is it Roy Harper? Who the fuck is Damian? Thea? Oh, yes. I... Thea would have to be Batgirl. Mm. So that's my story. I've spent my whole life searching for the impossible, never imagining that I would become the impossible. So why come to me? Something tells me you didn't just run 600 miles to say hi to a friend. All my life, I've wanted to just do more, be more. And now I am. And the first chance I get to help someone, I screw up. What if Wells is right? What if I'm not a hero? What if I'm just some guy who was struck by lightning? I don't think that bolt of lightning struck you, Barry. I think it chose you. I'm just not sure I'm like you, Oliver. I don't know if I can be some vigilante. You can be better. Because you can inspire people. We are back here on Remote Control. Now it's time to talk about... Batman Season (laughs) 3. Master, Master Queen, yes. <laughs> Master Queen. <laughs> oh, Arrow season three. Ima- imagine if um, Walter was his butler instead of his stepfather. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver, Oliver. Yes, Oliver. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, Arrow season three has such a stigma for me because it's so Batman. That's what they were uh-huh. going for here. Yes, I love the Sarah bits and all of that. I think that's great that they try to do all that. And I forgot it wasn't until season four that they actually do revive her. I thought they did it in season three. <laughs> Must have been sort of like, wait, that's it? <laughs> where, yeah, really. Sarah? Like, like, exactly. Like, um, hello. Um, so, yeah, really quickly before we get too far into the, the episode stuff, uh, recurring roles for this season, we have um, Tatsu is here, uh, Brick, Danny Brickwell is here, Raish, uh, Raish Al Ghul, not Raj. I don't. Raish. They, they actually started saying Raish. As I was they made, they made, this, they made They tried to make sense of it because you have to be in the league to say yeah. Raish, and if you're out of the league, you say Raz. But it's always, it's always Raish. Um, Batman wasn't in the league, and he still said Raish in Batman the Animated Series. You so. damn right he did. 
Whatever Conroy says goes. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you have uh, J.R. Ramirez as Ted Grant Wildcat. You have Charlotte Ross as Donna Smoke. Uh, Brandon Routh as Ray Palmer slash The Atom. Guest people, you've got uh, Eugene Bird as Andy Diggle. Surprisingly, John's brother is alive. Um, mm-hmm. eh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, you have uh, Amy Gumenick as Cupid. Uh, Doug Jones as Deathbolt. Um, Mark Singer as General Matthew Shreve. Hmm, wonder if he's related to the Batman Beyond Shreve. Anyway, um... Katrina Law as Nissa. Okay, now let me ask you this. I've been dying to ask somebody this for the longest time. Yes. Ask away. It would have been too on the nose for them to use Talia. Is right. Nissa his actual like? Yeah. Is she, okay, so daughter. she she, she yeah. is another. Okay. Right, right. I like, thought the same thing, and I, was, I had to go back in my oh my, my comic book files. I was like, is, is this an actual? Car-? Yes, she's 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 she does exist okay. in the comic books. Uh, you have Katie Lotz superbly filling Sarah Lance Canary, uh, Kelly who Katrina as... Law by the way uh, I I really really like she's awesome yeah. as by the way yeah she is um, what else has she been in she's been in some stuff uh, let's see here she was in uh, Third Watch in two thousand one oh okay. um, she was in. <laughs> Chuck as Alexis for one episode in 2009. Good old Chuck. Legend of the Seeker. Oh, uh, Legend of the Seeker. <laughs> I remember watching that show on Saturday afternoons. <laughs> oh, wow. She had a main role on last year's Training Day TV series as de- Detective Rebecca Lee. I, I didn't watch it I for some fact that it shouldn't be a Training Day TV series. Yeah, no. <laughs> out, of, out of general principle, I did not watch it. Rest in peace, Bill Paxton, but nah. Nah, bruh. Yeah, nah. no. There's only one training day, and that's yeah. not that's not it. It had a definitive end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it pretty much ended. Yep. Um, I you know, and you've got Colton Haynes as Roy Harper slash uh, Arsenal, um, slash Speedy slash whatever, uh, or yeah. slash <laughs> whatever the hell you want to call himself this week. Yeah, I'm I'm very down on the season. <laughs> I, again, we've we've talked about this where we're talking about season one and two. Yeah, it has nine great episodes. I was in, in for nine episodes. I mean, even with you know Laurel doing her, this is when I think I started to really not like this character. I mean, I was kind of like, uh, I don't really care about this character, whatever, sure. Mm-hmm. And then when she starts becoming, you know, violent, angry Laurels, like, I don't, I know you're 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 nowhere near. Uh, Katie Lotz, so you can't you can't be Canary. But um, first nine episodes, I, I really dug. I, I they really set up the dread of Rachel Gould properly. Yeah. It, it, I mean, Nisa, Nissa, whatever you want to, however you want to pronounce yep. it, she's very great. Just the way they do that, I really like the Malcolm Merlin Thea. I'm training you to be, you know, I like that stuff. But again, I repeat, as soon as Oliver falls off the cliff, the season falls off a cliff with him <laughs> for me. Yeah. I just, I did not, it, it, if they had the balls, Oliver shouldn't have shown up until the, either the season finale or the season premiere of next season. That's how I would have done it. But again, you can't have the show without your main character. <laughs> could have been pushed, you could have pushed this back 
the the the, the climb. I think is the name of the episode, which yep. is a great, fantastic episode. It might be one of the best episodes of CWDC. Whatever, it's great. Uh, they're gonna push that back to maybe episodes, maybe to episode twenty-three, the series season finale, mm-hmm. or maybe episode. Tw- uh, 12 somewhere in the middle a little bit farther i did they wanted to do it before the winter break or whatnot okay so the, yeah this um this is the one season out of all these shows where i first realized winter break you know mid-season finale the the whole term mid-season finale came up to me with this episode because i remember the advertisements for the climb for this episode all is this episode is missing, even though it didn't make it horrible, is Miley Cyrus. Uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> he was um, watching it from a distance. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I specifically remember this being like, oh my god, you mean to tell me we have to now wait until next year? Like, we have to now wait until... I'm like, oh god, really? Uh, yeah, the, cl- the first nine episodes... Episode five is by far my favorite episode so far of the entire series. As we're going through it, season one, two, three of Arrow, the secret origin of Felicity Smoke is by far the best episode this show has done <laughs> outside of the climb. Obviously. You love Emo Smoke. You love Emo Smoke. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. Like, I was wondering when they were actually going to get to it. Um and obviously they did, and it's super cool. <sighs> I don't know. Starting off, I guess, is when you get the uh, the sign of Ra's al Ghul um, uh, title screen, which I thought was cool when they changed the arrow for the season to that thing, that brand that Oliver yeah. gets on his back. I thought that was all pretty cool. I'm trying to think of all the good things I liked about the season. <laughs> Uh, I, I, not skipping ahead to the climb, I really thought uh, again, again going in, I'm like nobody's gonna first going into Batman Begins, I was like nobody's gonna be better than the Rachel Gold in the anime series, and Liam Neeson was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And then I'm watching this, I'm like, mm, is he gonna be better than uh, Liam Neeson? And Matt Nabel, I thought was really, really good as Rachel Gould. I thought he uh, he he again surprised me. I was mm, he's really that's just the way he portrays calm and confidenceness like like confidence right. when he's just like i'm not you, you don't understand it's almost like a, a, like a like a child threatening you when oliver threatens him it's just like you, you, he almost feels sorry for you like you don't understand what's going to happen to you you i've already seen the end of this movie i know how it ends you do not i hate to break it to you. But that way that's how i always saw race where race out ghoul in the comic books the animated series Batman is, you know, I, I, I'm going to fight for justice. And Ra's just always wants to tell Batman, Batman, what you're fighting is such a lost cause. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Trust me, follow my way, even though I'm pretty mad from Lazarus Pits, but I'm pretty uh, attuned to what's supposed to happen. And I thought they captured that uh, in the in Matt Nable's uh, character. They did, but still nobody can touch David Warner. At this oh, point. Yes, Matt Nabel is, is amazing as a David Warner is the guy that did the voice on the anime series, right? Yep. Yeah, he's perfect. He, he's uh, <laughs> he's yep. the best. He is the best. I never. I'm, I'm glad you told me his name because I've never knew his name, but I just I, I always hear that detective. I always hear that, that yep. voice in my head when I think of Rachel Uncle. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, Brave and the Bold, which was episode eight, which is the second part of Flash versus Arrow. Um. Love that was boomerang, the, the other yep. boomerang, yep. the non-Jai Courtney boomerang. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, 
They're two. They're two Captain Boomerangs. One's Jai Courtney, and one is uh, the guy from Spartacus, I believe. Uh, yeah. I forget his name. He has like a weird name on Spartacus, but yeah, he's he's good. Yeah. So this was the boomerang episode with Digger Hartness. Um, uh, I love seeing Caitlin and Cisco in, in Starling, uh, Starling City. I hate that name. Change it to Star City already. <laughs> Assholes. Um, love that. Um, I think um, Canaries and The Return, 13 and 14 of season 3 are good episodes. Um, and then at that point, um, maybe the <laughs> this last... Is when, this is when you start falling. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, the last three... The only reason why I want to mention episode 19 out of season three uh, <laughs> is because of the title. I was half waiting for John Travolta and Christian Slater to show up. Wasn't it, what's the title of the episode? Broken Arrow. Oh. <laughs> Howie Long just strolls on by. <laughs> <laughs> Delroy Lindo in a helicopter. That'd be great. Oh my, yeah, it would be. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'll say this. Uh this is me giving a positive Suicide Squad. I do prefer their version of Katana than the version of Katana we got on this show. Though the actress, I think her name is, I'm going to say it wrong, Ry Ryla Fukushima, I think her name is. She was great in The Wolverine. Terrific in The Wolverine. And she's all right in here, but I think, like the Katana on the Su Suicide Squad, I've always said, is a, is, is a bunch of great characters in a really horrible movie. Mm -hmm. And I think the Katana, Katana on that in that movie is more the way I saw the, the character. I think the way they did the visual style of what she looked like. But it could just be budget. Because the, the costume that Katana wears in this season kind of looks very uh, cosplay-y, I guess I would say. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, I love the whole Canaries bit. Uh, with Sarah and Laurel and all that, one way to get Katie back in the suit without, you know, the whole hallucination flashback kind of thing where, right. you know. Oh, and that's the other thing I want to mention about this season. He was in, I, I believe he was in season two for a little bit, but um, the new Vertigo. Oh, Peter Stromare. Oh, my God. <laughs> the devil, one of my favorite uh, actors who ever played Satan in Constantine, the movie. Yes. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Okay. I bet you never thought in a million years that I could tie the CW DC TV universe to a Bruce Willis movie. <laughs> well, I did with Jai Courtney. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, but nobody counts Die Hard Five. <laughs> nobody does. Nobody does. That's that's a fact. That is a fact exactly. right there. <laughs> so, Peter Stormare, I kind of recognized him in season two a little bit when we saw him. But now that he is full on the count here in season three, I'm like, hey, it's the guy. It's the Russian guy from Armageddon when they go up to the space station. He just skipped all right over Fargo, huh? Just right over Fargo. Just... Was Bruce Willis in Fargo? No, I'm just saying, Pierce Vermeer does such great work. He's in John Wick, for Christ's sake. Mm -hmm. He's also in Bad Boys, too. Oh, he's great in Bad Boys, too. I know. <laughs> he's great in that movie. I know. Peter is one of those actors when he shows up, it's like, oh, hey, Peter Stromare. He's yeah, like, exactly. hey. Yay. It's like, cheers. Oh, Stromare's here. <laughs> but no, he's great. I, I, only reason I would, I, I didn't, 
I say didn't like the character. I, I love the character. I, I, only thing that gave me, you know, pause was even drugged, you shouldn't be hanging in a fight with, with Oliver Queen. <laughs> There's no way he's like, this. they're fighting. And I'm like, Peter, you're like 59 at the youngest. You're fighting Stephen Amell, who's a trained murderer for five years. <laughs> There's no way you should be knocking him down, holding him against the wall. It's, you know, that almost gave me pause. But I mean, when he's giving out dialogue, it's great. He's whistling, uh, whistling tunes as he blows stuff up. It's great. The season finale for Arrow season three. <sighs> <laughs> Wikipedia needs work. I, we, we all know this, but seriously, the end of the way that they end the synopsis for or the description for the episode. Uh, Oliver decides to live a lonely life away from his family. He boards a ship headed to Coast City. He doesn't board a ship. Him and Felicity get in a fucking car and they, they drive, drive away. away. In a car? Yes. <laughs> like, seriously. What the hell? Even the Wikipedia person who was typing it gave up on the season. It's like, yeah, exactly. yeah, Oliver got on a boat or something. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Exactly. Like, seriously? Really? That's, oh, God, Arrow season three. <laughs> what, what did you like? What did you like other than, I, like, you know? The character, what, what part, what uh, stuff did you like about it? We're trying to find all the stuff we like because there's a lot of stuff we don't. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Um, I do like how, again, how the <laughs> the title screen has changed and it's another version of the Arrowhead kind of thing. I think that's cool. I do love the crossover bits. I do enjoy that. I love seeing Cisco, Caitlin, and Felicity all do their geeky stuff. Um, I love the relationship that Barry and, and Oliver have. I think it's super yeah. cool. Like you said earlier, you know, basically two sides to the same coin. Um, I kind of am enjoying Diggle's arc more than Oliver's at this point in the season. Suicide Squad like, arc. Yeah, like, I kind of dig that. I think that's kind of cool that they're going that route um, and the whole thing. Um, you think once, that was kind of a, their version of a backdoor pilot that they they changed their mind on? That's what I was getting out of. I that I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, I I'm probably wrong, but I I think so. I think they wanted to try to maybe give him his own show or give right. the Suicide Squad their own show where he would still be on Arrow, but he would guest star on. He's like the control of yeah. the Suicide Squad or whatever, giving them their orders, and then he dip, dis, disappear yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, there's only one woman that can ever play Amanda Waller, and she yeah. ain't here. Yeah. <laughs> there's only one woman. Well, there's that... two. I would say there's arguably two women that can play Amanda Waller. Okay. CCH Pounder is number one. Thank and you. Viola Davis it does a pretty damn good job. And again, great characters in a shitty movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you put a, if you put Viola Davis as Amanda Waller in a better movie, she works. She's a great Amanda Waller because she got that I don't give a I don't care yeah. down. It's just she was in a really bad movie. But CCH Pounder, yes, I agree. That's Amanda Waller. Yeah. <laughs> it will always be an Amanda Waller. When you can get Claudette Wims to be Amanda Waller and be a completely different character from what she is on The Shield, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> that yeah. is very true. Yeah, I mean, come on. Like on the show, she's like, yeah, she's a good person. And Amanda Waller, it, she's the scum of the earth. <laughs> well, it's one of those things where... Obviously, the shield came kind of well. 
I saw the Shield before I saw most of the Justice League stuff at the time oh. back in two thousand one, two thousand two, and okay. I still, I still, I don't even need to look this up. I remember it to this day. March eighth, two thousand two, is when the Shield debuted on FX because that yeah. was the show that kicked off all of their or FX yep. original TV stuff. There's no programming right now. Um, as soon as like I didn't even know who I didn't even know who CCH Pounder was when I first saw this, she didn't even know, didn't even care. After watching like three of the seven seasons of that show at the time, I love her. And then She's I, and, and, and then I heard her on justice league is I'm like, Hey, it's Claudette. That's great. That's the best <laughs> casting ever. Do <laughs> um, you all always have one of my favorite lines, which I think was, it must've been on just league unlimited. Maybe it's justice league where she just rolls up on Batman and goes, we all have our secrets. Rich, Rich boy. boy. I was like, yeah. yo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why do I remember that little exchange? Because it's badass. But yeah, exactly. I guess our point is that the one, the woman who plays uh, Amanda Waller on season three, who's from Spartacus as well, is the same with Captain Boomerang, uh, not 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 intimidating enough. Not no. see, Amanda Waller is not supposed to be a supermodel because this girl who plays Amanda Waller, she's yeah. beautiful. Amanda Waller is supposed to be a bulldog. They've always referred to her as a bulldog. She doesn't give yeah. a shit. And as I said, she's ugly. She's just mean. <laughs> yeah, she's just exactly. a, she, you shouldn't be awed by her beauty. You should be intimidated from the word go when you see Amanda Waller yeah. or hear Amanda Waller. And the girl who plays her, she, I, she's just, she's too neat for the part, yeah. <laughs> I would say. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't just get CCH Pounder to play her on Arrow. I would have cast her again. That would have been perfect. She's a TV mm-hmm. actress. So there was one moment. There, there's you asked me about other stuff that I liked in episode. It's episode nineteen. I forget what episode nineteen is off the top of my head. Um, uh, I don't. I don't know. Um, so there's one part of episode nineteen where I absolutely. Uh, it's uh, oh, of course, it's Broken Arrow. Yeah, the car crash. <laughs> When they get hit. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> when I was re-watching this in order to do this podcast, quite literally, at four in the morning, with my office door closed, I quite literally jumped two and a half inches out of my chair and almost screamed. Because <laughs> I did not know that, like, I completely... That's why I don't go back to a lot of this stuff you know, I, I pay attention to the stuff that I like. I don't really like Arrow season three, so I don't remember half the stuff. But when there's a good moment that can actually lift me out of my damn chair, like <laughs> that's good. Because like I was like, oh sh- what the, oh my god, did that just happen? Oh no, like like, wow, yeah, that was. <laughs> I think that's they were still. I mean, at this point, I, I, I guess. My overall thing about Arrow season three is that it starts off so good and it falls off, but it I think I'm more disappointed in it because it could have been because you're again one they had a tall mountain to climb. Uh, I joke joke because they're coming off of season two, which is fucking amazing. So yeah. when you give me Rachel, you promise me Rachel Ghoul, and you give me the climb, which is again amazing episode. I'm like, okay, wherever you guys go here, you have potential to make this shit amazing. 
mm-hmm. and they kind of falter. There's still good stuff in there where it's like, oh, that's not bad, you know. It's just where it ends up. It's like, oh, this is what you came up with. The, compared to what we came out with, with Deathstroke and 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 Malcolm Merlin in season one, it's just like yeah. with, with a character of Rachel Ghoul who by canonical history is 10 times more important than Deathstroke or Merlin. It, it just feels like it falls short. And I think that's why I always look at season three like, damn it, <laughs> this pisses me off more. Like Matrix Reloaded. It's, I always say Matrix Reloaded because Matrix Reloaded to me was great up until after Neo pulls the bullet out of Trinity, the movie just shoop, right off a of fucking cliff. <laughs> the whole series is shoop. <laughs> doesn't make it because of the motorcycle shit's awesome. All the, the the shit in the beginning is great. Just as soon as he pulls the bullet out of her, it's like ah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> now we're in fucking weird weird land and shit. So yeah, I, I think Arrow season three, it's not the worst season of television ever. It's just oh, it could have been For... great, and they they fumbled the football essentially at the goal line. Yeah, for the DC CW shows, it is the worst season out of them all. Um, I will fight anybody on that. Anyone says, "Oh, but Legends season one is worse." No, it's not. It only had Supergirl sixteen season episodes. one was free. Yeah, well, that was CBS. That, Maybe we won't count that because that's CBS. Yeah, season that's one. CBS season one. It's <laughs> not really, uh, not really countable. Um, so. I got to do a bit of math here, folks. I'm not sure if I can do this, but why don't you go on and say like what you're expecting for season four from Arrow, if you're expecting anything. I mean, you mean the next season's coming up? Yeah, for Arrow. Season is it four or is season it six? Four, no, right now for while we're in the shows, oh, season oh, four right, right, okay, of, right, right, after right, right. season three. <laughs> <laughs> so what I was i expecting after season three ended as a show yes uh, yeah uh i the way they ended it with arrow retiring i'm like well something's gonna have to pull him back and i mean you know me I, at this point i'm like maybe it's that stroke again because we had that great <laughs> episode where they go back to <laughs> the island and uh deathstroke's there and uh it's him and thea or whatnot i thought i love that stuff i didn't i, I I was kind of going through my mind of where they were going to go with Arrow that I remember from the comic books in terms of villains. Because once you go, you give me Raish, and you mm-hmm. give me Deathstroke, and you give me Merlin, I'm like, who the hell else is there, really? <laughs> and now we're dealing with Ricardo Diaz in the more recent seasons. And it's like, who the fuck is Ricardo Diaz? <laughs> exactly, so I think they're, yeah. they're running out of kind of things to take him. I think they're going to use this season coming up is going to be the Supermax plot that was going to be a movie a long time ago. But when I was finished watching season three, I'm like, somebody big is going to have to come to, you know, fix this. Little did I know, I guess it was going to be this uh, uh, spinning wheel of the uh, non-tarbot, you know, stuff over and over again. I guess trying to fix their mistake. And I go, as soon as you get away from that, the better. Stay stay away from that. Come up with you. You guys need a thinker. As we, as you brought up with the Flash, yeah, where you kind of you, you said speed, speedster, 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 thinker is what you got. Yeah. I guess Ricardo Diaz is supposed to be their thinker, but honestly, it's not that great. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it isn't because what I wanted to happen was I wanted um, Mr. Finch to kill Ricardo. I wanted Mr. Finch to be the villain. Oh. From person of interest, because Michael um, Emerson is. Emerson. In... Right, right, right. Anyway, right. so doing the math that I've done, mm. The Flash season five coming up this October. 
Yes. The eighth episode of The Flash Season 5 will be the 100th episode of Flash overall. Okay. I don't know what the hell they're doing with it. I have no clue. I have not seen it. More singing? Articles. Smooth criminals? It's going to happen. Tom Cavanaugh and Danielle Panabaker will direct the 8th and 18th episodes of the season, respectively. Mm. Also... In my personal opinion, nowadays, not so much for his early stuff, but nowadays, that hack, Kevin Smith, will also <laughs> direct an episode of The Flash Season 5. I'm sorry. When he directed his episode of Supergirl, and they called it Supergirl Lives, that's great. It's a nice little nod to something he didn't get to do with Superman Lives. Right, right, right. But that episode, and we'll get to that down the line, but that episode of Supergirl was just so he could get his daughter a job, in my personal opinion. Here's the thing about from what I've gathered from television to movies mm -hmm. and Kevin Smith has talked about this on this podcast. Um, uh, when you're directing a television show, mm -hmm. you don't do anything really. <laughs> I mean, no, no. I mean, this is what he was saying. He says that show, those shows, according to Smith mm -hmm. kind of run themselves. I would be more interested if Kevin Smith wrote an episode over directed an episode. Because if he yeah. writes an episode, then I could see them going, taking weird chances. But if he's not writing the script, you're not going to really get a lot of Kevin Smithisms. I think I, I, he, in the most recent season he directed for The Flash, uh, the most you guys, uh, uh, Jay and Silent Bob make a cameo. But that's about yeah. as Kevin Smithy as you're getting. The scripts are already pre-written. If he was writing, when you get these people coming over to direct stuff, like I, I remember Quentin Tarantino a long time ago directed an episode of ER. You can't effing tell because I don't think he wrote it because <laughs> these television shows, the people who have the power in television are showrunners. Greg Berlanti has the power. He's the director right. of right. the show, essentially, in movie terms. Absolutely. But, but you look at the last 20, 25 some odd years, however long it's been since Clerks. Right. The guy has, deservedly so, just superstar fandom, superstar famous all that's you know he's a he's a director superstar he's a, he's a he's a superstar geek you know between comic book man and and fat man on batman and everything else and i used to absolutely love kevin smith stuff and i like some of the stuff he still does but it's like it's like the flashbacks from arrow season one and arrow season three i'm fucking over it <laughs> I am so over Kevin Smith right now. I've been over him for the last five years at this point. Um, I don't know. But anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, for Kevin Smith, I think I, I'm interested in more of his takes in terms of writing. His style in terms of directing, I, I guess yeah. Red State would be the anomaly because I hear that's, not, uh, uh, that's actually pretty good. Uh, yeah. You would get more of a flavor of Kevin Smith, but I've seen all the episodes of Kevin Smith directed. If I didn't tell you, you would never. And I got rid of the Jay and Silent Bob cameos. You'd never know. There's yeah. nothing, even to Kevin Smith's style, of as a director that you would know. But if you, if Kevin Smith wrote an episode, I guarantee you would know because the comic oh, book yeah. he wrote, the uh, he made a uh, him and uh, Alex Ross did the covers uh, of 1966 Batman uh, comic book stuff, and when he did. Uh, Automatopia, who was played by um, uh, first season of Arrow, the guy who played Gunn and Buffy. He plays a character. I forget his name. Oh, J. August Richards is the yeah, actor Yeah, August name. Richards. Yeah. His character is supposedly based off a character 
that Kevin Smith came up with called Automatopoeia in the Air in the Arrow comic book. Okay. Uh, who he speaks all of his things that he's doing. So if he fires a gun, he goes bang, stuff like that. So, but that's you would get interesting stuff like that in yeah. Kevin Smith if he was writing it. But when he comes yeah. to directing, it doesn't even matter. I could direct these according to Kevin. This is according to Kevin Smith. We could go on the set and direct these things. He says essentially, I just give him notes like, why don't you try to do it this way? And that's it. When it comes to movies, yes, the director has a lot of power, yeah. but on TV, they don't do nothing. So if it's a Kevin Smith directed episode, you're never going to tell unless Kevin Smith shows up and goes, hey, I'm Silent Bob. Yeah. <laughs> I also directed this episode. Yeah. And not that anyone actually listens to this podcast, but I do have to correct you. Mm. Um, Gun is an angel, not Buffy. Gun. Oh, wait. Wait. Oh yeah, right, 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 right. right. I'm sorry. The Buffy verse. Sorry. Yes, sorry. the Buffy verse. Yes, the Buffy but... verse. My apologies. Mm, I was gonna say anyway. Deathlock, but nobody watches Agents of Shield. So. <laughs> Agents of shit. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I do remember him because I've only seen the first season, like the first seven episodes of the first season of Agents of Shit. So, um, <laughs> I, I just, I just can't. Hey, right. better than the humans. Continue. <laughs> Where can the people find you online, sir? Uh, trying to be DJV. You can also find uh, all the stuff that we do on simplicityreviews.net. You can just search Simplicity Reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, all that good stuff. Awesome. I am at TFG and Mike on Twitter. Follow at Geekcast Radio on Twitter. Check out Remote Control on Facebook as well as Geekcast Radio Network. As always, uh, go to geekcastradio.com. We have a new website coming. I don't know exactly when, but it's being worked on as we speak. Uh, join us next time for The Flash Season 2 and Arrow Season 4. Um, I honestly don't know who I'm having as a co-host for that episode because DJ has almost ripped up his contract because he's like, I don't want to be on the later ones. Where's my su- my own show? <laughs> I'm holding you ransom. <laughs> it's a blackmail of the highest order. Okay, Donnie Wahlberg. I'm Donnie Wahlberg. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Keep fighting over the remote control, folks. We'll catch you next time here on Remote Control. Donnie Wahlberg? What? (laughs) (laughs) See, I recast you as a white guy. I I, I got whitewashed by Donnie Wahlberg. Come on. I could have said Lieutenant Dan. Then it dying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> so funny. On the Simplistic Reviews podcast, we talk movies. We talk TV. We talk. Hello, Julie, what the heck are you doing? Trying to make our spots sound more exciting by adding explosions. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you could have got the point across with sound effects, not the real thing. Download the show on iTunes or at simplisticreviews.blogspot.com. I'm sure your insurance company will cover that. No, they won't. No, they probably won't. <laughs> yeah, nope, that's not gonna happen. Guys, he's in the corridor. Uh, Gideon, could you just, like, not tell him that we were here? Of course. I will accept any command given to me by you. Barry! Come on, we gotta get out of here. Wait, 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 w- w- why w- w- would you accept my commands? Because... You created me. You've been tuned in to Remote Control, the GeekCast Radio Network's modern TV podcast. 
Join TFG and Mike and the rest of the RC TV crew next time for a new modern TV topic. I'm your announcer, Optimus Solo, and remember to think of us the next time you pick up the remote control. Just because it's called higher education doesn't mean high tuition costs have to be the norm. At Strayer University, we have the radical opinion that education should be affordable. With our graduation fund, you can earn up to 25% off your bachelor's degree tuition, making it all the more possible to succeed in today's world. Welcome to the future of education. Strayer University. Out with the old school. Strayer University is certified to operate by CHEV. Celebrate the big 2020 with T-Mobile. Switch now and get two lines for just 90 bucks and two new iPhone 11s on us. So you can take a portrait built for two with the ultra-wide camera. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, cute. Hurry in to T-Mobile and get two lines for 90 bucks and two iPhone 11s on us with qualifying trade-ins. Via 24 credits for well-qualified buyers with auto pay, plus taxes and fees. If you cancel before receiving 24 credits, you may owe up to the full value of your device of $699.99. Contact us. Qualifying port-ins and finance agreements required.